Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Network News, episode 173. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Greetings, God Network News fans, to another great series that we'll be doing on movements for these next few weeks. We've got some exciting podcasts that have been recorded by some colleagues of ours, all on the topics of movements, what makes movement leaders, what makes a movement, all kinds of exciting things. We're going to be focusing a lot on what God's doing in this season of missions, which is movements of peoples, whole people groups to Christ. There's amazing things happening, miracles everywhere. One of our organizations that we are partnering with, 2414, is already monitoring 1,360 movements. And each of these movements have over 56,000 new believers among them. And these are just amongst unreached people groups. So God is up to something really fantastic. And we're going to be looking into this in the next few weeks of our podcast of God Network News. Portions of our podcast will be made up of of rebroadcasted podcast interviews from a friend of ours named Steve Addison. Steve Addison is a great podcaster and very passionate about movements of peoples to Christ. And Steve has his own podcast, very successful podcast, with over 226 podcast episodes. And the name of his podcast is On the Road to No Place Left. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast because he has an overwhelming library of exciting topics related to movements. And if you want to learn more about movements, this is the place to find the information. And he has lots of training and tools and other resources that will really make your investigation of this topic successful. So we really want to thank Steve Addison and his partners there at movements.net forward slash podcast. That's how you can find it at movements.net forward slash podcast for all of the resources that he has given us for these next few podcasts. Thank you very much, Steve. Ames was an association of, of um, various agencies, and this was right in the, in the late 80s when um, Unreached Peoples were really starting to get underway. And uh, Ames would get these requests in from people who said, I want to be a missionary, I want to go to X place. 
And the way that they would deal with that is they'd go through their filing cabinets and they'd hunt for all the various member agencies that were going to that place. And then they would basically manually type out an answer. And I thought this is extremely inefficient. And I'm a database guy. So I built Ames's first database of uh, agencies and where they were working. Um, and along the way, discovered uh, a significant amount about places where people were working in places where they were not. And that led me into the whole idea of unreached peoples. And um, uh, through a, a, an extraordinary number of events, I, I just came to find that my uh, passion, if you will, was for the unreached and trying to figure out why it was that we were not reaching them. And that led me to the World Christian Encyclopedia uh, after my wife and I got married. And uh, I learned from David Barrett a considerable amount about unevangelized and unreached peoples and exactly why we were not, we were not reaching them. And a lot of it had to do with um, uh, deployments and people working among them. And I developed this, this passion for that. But uh, all along, one of the things that David talked about frequently was the population growth rate uh, exceeded the amount of evangelism and discipleship that was presently happening. That was, and he called it the scandal of the unreached. He, he, he constantly referred to it as the church was failing to do its its duty, its commission, and he called it the scandal of the unreached. And I guess that really that really marked me, and I kept. Um, trying to think about, you know, what it would take for more workers to be placed amongst the unreached, but also what it would take for the gospel to um, replicate, for lack of, to multiply, for lack of a better word, amongst people faster than the population growth rate. Um, and, oh, I, I was involved in a lot of different projects over the years, but finally, uh, in the early 2000s, uh, I was my wife and I and our family were in Southeast Asia, and we were working with a, a, a network of, of people, and we started hearing these things about about rapidly multiplying movements, about movements to Christ, and and they weren't as you know well known or as well documented to this day, but we started hearing these things and started gathering some case studies here and there about things that were happening and. And then we came back from Southeast Asia and we migrated into uh, beyond. And that was about the time when we really started collecting these case studies. And slowly but surely, uh, we discovered that there were a lot more of them happening than what most people thought were happening. Um, and by the time uh, that the 2414 initiative got started, we discovered there were, uh, I, I think at the time of that, there was in the triple digits, high triple digits of movements where most people, we were at a meeting and, and most people knew about it, they, about 150. But I had documented, I forget the exact number. It was five, six, seven hundred at that point. Okay. Um, and what were happening? What sort of um, descriptors or definitions were you using to, to say this is what a movement is? Sure. Uh, the, the definition that we typically use is it has to be uh, within a uh, within a boundary. So we typically talk about at least within countries and more likely within provinces and within uh, people groups. So sometimes when people report uh, a movement to me, it'll be 
uh, we're working in this city. But more typically, it's we're working in this people group. And when they talk about a people group, they often are really referring to uh, what Joshua Project would call a cluster. You're listening to God Network News Podcast with your host, Cal Curtis. Look up our website at godnetworknews.com. You know, so somebody will come up to me at a conference and we'll, you know, you've got the big stands of coffee and we'll be standing around the coffee thing and they'll start telling me stories and I'll grab a napkin and I'll be hastily writing, you know, down things. It's typically, oh, we're working amongst this group, this group, this group, and this group. And they're, and they're all big clusters. They're all big language groups. They're, you know, not down to the, the very specific things. But it has to be bounded by some language or, or they'll say, you know, well, you guys, you mission researchers, you're all about people groups. But, you know, we, we find cities to be important, too. And I'm like, yeah, I find cities to be equally important. Uh, we, we talk either in terms of cities or, or in people groups because cities are usually a big mishmash of languages. It's a little bit of a different situation. So they'll tell me about that. Uh, and then. So a, a location or a language, and then it has to be adding, uh, has to be four generations of church planting and not just uh, A to B to C to D, but four generations and multiple streams so that you get that, that stretching out, that multiplication going. And it has to be adding another generation in a relatively short time frame. So typically what we've found is that most movements can take sometimes years hmm. to start. But once they start, they start adding another generation, um, usually every year to 18 months, something along that line. Uh, and that's the kind of growth that we're looking for. That's the, that's the kind of pattern that we, that we are, would like to see. Um, it's not that it always is that speed, uh, but usually it is, especially when the movements are smaller. So they have to be bounded. They have to be four generations in multiple streams, and they have to be growing. That's how we define a movement. Okay. And so how many movements are you aware of right now around the world? Something like 1375. Okay. Yeah. Wow. 1375 movements, 4,000 plus teams that are, so there's, there's about 4,500 or so teams that are trying to start movements. And in that 4,500, about 1375 have reached what we call uh, level five. They've reached that four generations and they're continuing to grow. And that represents about 79 million believers or about uh, 1% of the entire world population is in a, a rapidly multiplying movement today. And what typically, what parts of the world or people groups are we talking about? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. There's, it used to be that people would say, well, that works. You know, the first movements that we really documented were basically in Southern Asia. And people would say, well, that works in Southern Asia, but it won't work here, wherever here was. And then somebody would get fed up with the status quo and they want to see what happened in South Asia happen here. So they try it and lo and behold, it worked there. And then, you know, someplace else, people would say, well, it worked in those two places, but it can't work here. Ours is a different environment. Well, at this point, we've had enough people try it in enough different places that we there are movement teams active on just about every UN region of the world, every every continent, every subregion. There's, um, I think it's it's either Polynesia or Micronesia, I forget which, in the Pacific, where we don't we don't have a a, a team or engagement yet, but um, but that's about the only one. And in in most of those regions, 
there's at least one or two uh, movements that have that have started that it, you know in some places they're quite small still, um, but in in most of those UN regions there's at least one or two movements, and in some there's obviously a huge number of, of movements. So every so UN where, region. Where are some of the continent, hot spots in in terms of regions of the world? Right across the 1040 window. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What I have found is that the 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 darker the darker the spot in terms of spiritual darkness, the more likely a movement will start there. Uh, it is amongst the spiritually hungry, the the most radical spiritual seekers, um, the 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 most oppressed places. Uh, the most lacking in good news, that's where you'll find movements just ex explode once they ignite. You know, movements aren't exactly new. There's, there's been movements throughout history. There's, there's been a number of, you know, some of our modern denominations were born out of rapidly multiplying movements. Uh, but for the modern, the, the current wave, if you will, the earliest I've tracked it back is to the very early 1990s. And as far as I can tell, there were probably only about three or four um, back like 91, 92 kind of era, 93, somewhere in there. Um, but um, there certainly were more than we thought when we thought there were only 150, there were definitely more than we thought then. A lot of these things happened very much under the radar because they are in, in very sensitive places. They are in very in, in places where people don't want to talk about uh, what's going on um, under the radar, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, um, there has been phenomenal growth of movements in the in the past five years or so. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to help us continue to bring exciting stories fresh from the field. Visit our website at godnetworknews.com and select the PayPal link on the right side of the page or consider becoming a Patreon partner to receive access to more valuable materials exclusive to our members.